The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, everyone. I'm glad to see that you were all able to join us this evening. And the topic this evening is how can we share what we've learned at the convention with our members? And we've got several speakers that were requested to join the call and tell us how they plan to share what they've learned at convention. And then after each of them has had a chance to share their tips and thoughts, then we'll open it for anyone to ask questions or to make comments or suggestions themselves. So I will go by the, the list I sent out in that order. If you don't mind, <clears throat> I first have Tom Jones and Linda Oliva McKinley from the ACB Diabetics Group. I'll let you go first. Well, uh, I'll be glad to do that. Uh, we have quite a few strategies that we are actually employing to actually gain members. We have our uh, membership awareness committee meetings that we run each each month that uh, we talk about various ways that we can involve our other members and share how we can actually all participate in, in gathering lists of various kinds to determine who are some of our old members and some people who haven't renewed in a while and stuff like that. But we have these community calls that we have also, and we have two chats each month and uh, of course, we have our natural board meeting, which we uh, those people who are on the board can share things with us, and we get an opportunity to also share. So there, there are many ways that we can share how we what we learn at convention and other things with our our members, and possibly obtain new ones. That's that. We also have the peer uh, mentorship committee uh, that's headed up by um, Liz Alexa. And she's helping us uh, learn as mentors and mentees how we can help each other. So th these are these are all kinds of ways that we can use to assist in getting the word out. Early in the calendar year, we usually begin looking for convention speakers. And the last um, three years where things have had the virtual option, we've been able to um, hold anywhere from four to six workshops throughout the convention. And so the way that that has kind of worked in reverse for us is that we get everything all geared up and ready to go. So the first half of the year is, you know, certainly collecting dues and all that stuff, but trying to plan for a very good convention and the fundraising piece with the sugar warriors, that kind of stuff. So uh, once we've actually gotten to convention is when kind of the cool things start happening. And so by the end of the summer, um, what we are sharing with our members is, uh, is a pan full of brand new people that have just come in. And I, I remember noticing over the summer, all kinds of names popping up on the listserv that we really hadn't um, heard of before. And our listserv is free. And of course, so are all, all of the Zoom calls. But in order to be part of the Peer Mentor Relations Committee or receive the diabetic newsletter, that kind of thing, you do have to be a member for those two things. But it looks like uh, listserv and um, Zoom calls will be free. Like, you don't have to be a member for those. We're hearing a lot of background noise, um, some movement. I'm not sure who's, um, if it's, if Linda, you have some noise going on or, but just so you know, there's some background noise there. Yeah, I do have a stand mic. I wonder if that's giving me problems. Um, yeah, it's been kind of cool. This, uh, this summer we had 95 people register for the various workshops and that's actually, yeah, that's up by about eight people from last year. So the the word is really getting around. Plus, we've tried to um, get a lot of, uh, what would you call it, free advertising <laughs> through Get Up and Get Moving, uh, tailgate party at convention, 
And we are really keen to work with um, other groups that may have had underserved populations. Um, we were talking about that the other day in the diabetes field. There are um, multiple Native Americans, black and brown people who get some pretty lousy care and often don't find out they have diabetes until it's too late. So I'm hoping down the road we can work with perhaps multicultural or something, uh, see what we might do to help that out some. I guess that's about all I have to say, but I knew we would be a lot different from the state affiliates in that regard, so. Great, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, Sheila, would you like to go next? Well, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was confused as to what you were looking for. So as far as what I go to national and take back to my affiliate, or as far as what our affiliate does, there's two different things in my opinion. Our affiliate does a lot of things in my opinion. Um, FCB has started doing community calls pretty much every month for, gosh, I think I started them two years ago. Um, and we try to find topics for our membership because, as most of you know, Florida's pretty big. And our topics have been from, well, yesterday we did one on Democracy Live. And we do pretty much anything that somebody brings to me and says, hey, let's do a call on this. And if it's just FCB related, we don't open it up to the community. But if it's just general conversation, like we've done eVision and uh, everything that you can imagine, um, you know, we do a community call once a month. But as far as going to national and attending different sessions and what I can bring back to my membership, I try to think about the general idea of what will our membership want to learn. And there might be things I don't care about, but We've got a lot of members in Florida that might. And I ask other members of Florida, if they're there, you know, go to this session because we need to share this information. So I think it's the responsibility of a president to just find out what's going on and try to educate our members because all of our members don't attend everything. And we as leaders need to try to inform our members. So I think it's a combination artists of, you know, it doesn't matter whether I want to learn it or not, but I think it's important for us to share it. So I hope that helps. Thanks, Sheila. <clears throat> That's a good, good way to do it. Okay, Sam Joel, would you like to go next? Sam is from Virginia. Yes, Artis. Uh, this is Sam Yale from ACB of Virginia. Sorry, and, I mispronounced it. <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody does. And uh, I've already shared with uh, our membership what I learned at the Horseshoe Casino and at the Brewery Tour. So what I learned at the Horseshoe Casino was uh, be very careful who you accept assistance from using the machines, because if they start asking you for money, they very well may turn out to be a compulsive gambler. And uh, what I learned at the brewery tour was what it's like to ride the bus back when somebody spilled jalapeno pilsner on your mask. Um, so I've already shared that information with the membership. Uh, what we do every year after the uh, convention is our next membership meeting. We have a session devoted to recapping the convention for those who weren't able to attend to really uh, 
gain some interest and excitement around the convention and also to uh, share some of the information, some of the lessons that were gained from that. So uh, this year it was kind of neat because we had some panelists who attended the convention in person and we had some panelists who attended the convention virtually. So we were able to get different perspectives on what that experience was like. For example, the people who attended the convention virtually uh, they tended to attend more of the sessions on Zoom because that really was the only way that they could participate. Whereas those of us who were there in person, if we knew that a session would be podcasted later and that we wouldn't need to sit in the hotel and listen to it, we might be more likely to do in-person activities such as going on tours and, and those types of things that you can only do in person. So it was very interesting to get the different perspectives of, of the convention attendees. And um, another thing that we're doing is trying to get speakers around some of the topics to speak at future meetings. So uh, one exciting development that I discovered at the convention was I took the uh, Safety Education Empowering Defense Workshop, SEED. And in uh, going through that, I uh, learned from the uh, program coordinator that they happened to have an instructor in Virginia. And so I um, was able to get some contact information and now uh, we are going to have that individual uh, present uh, at our monthly membership meeting and explain the SEED program and cover some of the stuff that I learned at the workshop and then talk about future opportunities for training. So we're really looking at how to integrate some of the information uh, that we gained at the uh, convention, such as uh, the availability of the accessible uh, COVID tests and passing that information along. Um, also, of course, uh, talking about the new and cool gadgets that we saw in the exhibit hall to gain some interest in that. So it really comes down to uh, the email list, the membership meetings, and also referring folks to the podcast uh, so that they can go back and listen to sessions themselves. Because of course, uh, those of us who did attend the convention since uh, there were a smaller number of us, we could not possibly hit every session and listen to everything that was possibly said there. So we have to rely upon others and we have to rely upon the podcasts and other resources uh, that captured some of that information to, to spread it around. So that's about the extent of what we're doing. And we, we hope to be able to beef up uh, future activities uh, down the road. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. <clears throat> okay, next we're going to go to Cecily Nipper. And you got my name right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard so many different pronunciations of it during convention. Um, <laughs> Thank you, artists, for having me. My experience of convention was a little bit different because I was a J.P. Morgan Chase fellow. So there were curated sessions that we were given to attend, which was great because maybe it put me in a place of some sessions I might not have chosen. Maybe I would have missed out you know, had I not chosen them, but I certainly did get ideas to take back to my membership at the Georgia Council of the Blind, which were primarily, well, one of the sessions that Artis was on this panel too, I believe, talking about going from safe spaces to brave spaces. And something I'm working with the Multicultural Affairs Committee on is having uh, starting the conversation about how we can be more diverse as an affiliate. And that is a challenging conversation to have, to invite people to the table who can weigh in and bring us to a more diverse, welcoming place than what we've been. Any improvement on that, I, I think, will be valuable. So I'm taking back that construct with me, along with, I don't know how we can take the mental health initiative that has been started with this committee that has been formed and put that into practice some kind of way in our affiliate. That's something I would like to see happen. There's definitely a need. I think there's a need everywhere for all of us to be more aware of our mental health and what we can do to strengthen that and to be the best that we can be or when we're at our worst to have skills to, to channel those circumstances. 
kind of more broadly, the way we divide it up, there were five of us from Georgia Council at the convention. And we definitely came together at all general sessions. So we all had the general session information that we could share out to our members in our various chapters. And I went around uh, to some of the, some virtually to some of the chapters around the state that did not have representation at the conference to talk with them about what happened there. I think there's some interest in the podcasts, maybe not as much as I would like to see. So the things that are getting the most airtime in Georgia are the things, you know, that I just listed that I attended that I'm then sharing out with folks because there were there were a series of conversations about grave spaces. There were a series of mental health sessions. So those were were founded. A great thing that came out of convention is we got three new members out of it who found us, who we met and said, oh, you're from Georgia. Are you, you know, affiliated with America, with Georgia Council of the Blind? Oh no, we're ACB members, but we never we never joined the Georgia Council. So they've joined us, which is fantastic. And it makes me wonder how many more people are out there. Sheila made me think with the community calls that Georgia has begun one of those, Peach Talk, which we do every third Thursday. We were kind of inspired to do that by um, it's seven up time from Donna and West Virginia. So that is what uh, we've been doing in terms of outreach and my impressions from what I could take back from the convention. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Did I miss anyone that was supposed to speak? Okay. <laughs> Nobody's popping in. So, Okay, I'd like to open it to the floor then. Um, anybody else that has any good suggestions? I thought, boy, all of you had some really good ideas about how to share information and how you split it up um, from your affiliate to have people attend the various um, sessions. That was an excellent idea. So does anyone have any questions or any other tips and suggestions on how we can reach out to those who didn't attend to might be interested in some of these things. No hands yet. Wow, there has to be no. some people. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you. Up, oh, Raymond had just raised his hand. Raymond, you may you may unmute. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, good evening, Reverend Ray. Uh, a question. Um, in terms of next year going to the uh, convention in, um, in Illinois, what, what is probably the best way uh, at a chapter meeting to encourage your people uh, in terms of dealing with the cost? I mean, I know we have different... Um, uh, I know we. I, I know. I know there are some type of uh, financial aid, but uh, how soon should that start, and what's the best way to start? Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, gather. You know, encouraging people to, to go. I mean, having the information of what it would cost in total, far as travel, far as ground ground travel, a grant. Uh, mm, ground travel, uh, flight, um, you know, uh, 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 I mean, what, what is the best way to, to, to present that? Well, I can start um, with an answer. One thing is to encourage all of your chapter members to read the Braille Forum because Janet generally starts in the fall with giving highlights of the next summer as far as where the convention is going to be the city, the hotels, um, some of the amenities, et cetera. And each month <clears throat> she generally does an article um, on some aspect of the upcoming convention. Then also uh, 
you could just hype up the national convention at each one of your meetings, say something about the upcoming meeting of that and convention and stress to them that they don't have to travel. Since we have virtual conventions, if they cannot afford to go, they can go virtually. Now, there are some, um, I know there are some organizations, I know occasionally Lions Clubs will give a stipend to people who are attending different things if you have someone go there and ask them for money. And there are, of course, ACB provides scholarships to students to, and they go to the convention. They also provide um, two first-timer scholarships. So if you have uh, people that have never been, they can uh, apply for that. And they would just need to get a letter from the state affiliate uh, president uh, recommending them to attend. Also, um, J.P. Morgan Chase has done a few uh, of their leadership once each year and if you have members that want to become more involved in leadership and have started doing some things in your chapter and affiliate level then recommend them to uh, apply for that scholarship so those are some of the things that you could really highlight and highlight something different each month and to just keep them hyped up about how great the national convention is and how important it is for uh, members to attend whether they do virtual or in person. Anyone else have any yes. other ideas? <laughs> you have um, Traveling Terry has her hand raised. Go ahead. Hi, thank you for letting me have this opportunity to chat with everybody. Um, all I have to say is, is Omaha was my very, very first national convention. And even though I spent five days in the room, I had an amazing human experience. And it was just amazing just seeing everybody working together in unity to overcome different barriers. And that is the part that as we, um, as the president of COM, Florida Council of the Blind, I'm really speaking to our members. Um, being in the rural areas of Florida, it's very challenging as transportation. So. Our group is very unique as we meet virtually all the time. And so we are really going to try to figure out how we can do some local fundraising and really stretch out for those members of COM, Florida Council of the Blind, to overcome the cost of transportation and, and do some great events. So one of the things that's really fantastic is... Um, in 2024, we look forward, and I just heard Sheila lower her hand, that um, National's going to be in Jacksonville. So, you know, if Schaumburg's too far away, yes, it's okay to say, you know, go virtually. But I think it is so important that we talk about the human factor. And it was just amazing meeting all the people that I got to meet, that I've met over the last two years, being new to the community being um, an upcoming leader. Um, it was amazing. And one of the things I have to say is thank you to my ACB Diabetics in Action and allowing me the opportunity of being a delegate. And I really feel that that's a fantastic way for state affiliates to really encourage and reward those that are involved in their states to represent I learned so much being a delegate, even though I was doing it remotely from my room. Um, it was such an honor. And I just want to say, I think if we um, focus on the human factor of the things that we can't do, just like Sam said, um, Sam, I wish I could have gone on that tour with you to the brewery. That sounded like so much fun. But um, I, uh, I enjoyed the human factor of convention. And I think that's what we could really do to focus on encouraging people. Yeah, it can be expensive, but I'll tell you what, I spent five days in my room, but I tell you what, I got to meet so many great people. I got to experience um, and it was money well spent and memories that we'll always treasure. And it's, 
we just have to work together and listen to our members and the ones that really want to go and talk to the Lions Club and talk to all these other different organizations that can help. So I thank you for this time. And I'm really looking forward to all the speakers and everything we have to do and seeing everyone in Schaumburg. Let's get up and get moving. <laughs> thank you, Terry. Do we have any more hands? Yes, Danette Dixon has her hand raised. Go ahead. Hi. So um, what Washington Council of the Blind does is for, for the state and the national convention, they, they perform what they call uh, a posse, which is consists of officers and board members. And they'll come to all 16 or 17 of our local chapters and talk about either the national convention. And right now they're coming to talk about the, our state convention. And that's just a way that to let everybody know what, what, what the national convention is, like how to get involved there and what the state convention does. So, yeah. So we create posses. <laughs> Don't you also have stipends for uh, some members to go in person? Jeanette? Yes, we do. And the, the, these stipends, stipends are, um, they give us 10 months to pay them back. I mean, they're, they're up to $1,000 and they'll give you 10, 10 months to pay it back. I mean, you you pay like $100 a month or whatever, whatever, how much of a stipend, how much of a loan that you got, but they do do stipends also both yeah a loan is different from a stipend so yeah great thanks mm -hmm. no hands currently okay i think that's a wonderful idea um see if your state or affiliate could give a loan to someone to go that's that's a, a unique idea because not everyone can uh, all affiliates can afford to give stipends to members to go other ideas from folks on how to encourage more people to attend and also how to encourage members to share what they learned I know some affiliates um, have people uh, write an article write an article in their newsletters too and share uh, some different things that they've learned at the convention. And that sometimes can be helpful as well. Meryl ahead, has Meryl. her hand raised. Hi. Um, I hope this will be enacted eventually, but I remember at one of the committee chairs' meetings, they were talking about perhaps the board giving um, people stipends that can't afford to go to the convention that really want to go and we'll get something out of it, you know, but I, I don't know because that costs a lot of money. I know that, but, you know, it it's something idealistic to think about, but. Yeah, that's my um, point. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Thank you. Sounds a good, like a good idea to bring forward to your various uh, affiliates. Another thing we can do is if we hear when podcasts come out about the different segments of the convention, we could share that on our listservs to make sure that people are aware that the podcasts are available of particular sessions and encouraging people to listen to them because that's very helpful because obviously none of us could see everything. <laughs> Sheila has her hand raised. Go ahead, Sheila. I think it's important that people understand, <coughs> excuse me, um, about the DKM first timer and about the JP Morgan. And I don't think people do. If you have never attended a convention, then apply. You need to go and in, I'm going to say November, December timeframe. I don't remember. But 
there will be applications and for the first for the JP Morgan Chase it is an amazing program and i feel that these programs are designed for everyone to learn about ACB to experience the whole aspect of convention which is pretty overwhelming <laughs> if you, if it's your first convention it is overwhelming but if you're a leader and you go to national it is pretty inspiring you're going to be exhausted when you get home but you are going to feel like wow i just uh, i learned so much let me sit back and kind of figure out what i want to focus on but i an artist do you agree with me how it is just so inspiring to just be there with everybody and take part definitely i know i went to my uh first convention in the late 80s and i only missed one since wow. um i was sick and I'll, I'll tell you i was so inspired meeting the leadership uh, listening to speakers um and of course at first my brought my kids along and to, went on tours and and it was just so wonderful because you have all these advantages that you don't normally um have when you're just going to a, a local state convention and it's 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 just pretty amazing it's it's hard to describe how um wonderful it is so if you can take advantage of uh, of a stipend or or a talk your state into doing a fundraiser to get more people to come to the national convention plus share all the tidbits that you learned and share the podcast because i think the more people hear then the more they know the you know the the breadth of the convention and will maybe feel it's more important to get involved next year and I think if you find somebody's topic of interest, the podcast idea is awesome. Because if somebody is into books, they need to listen to the Lua meeting. If somebody's into technology, they need to listen to another podcast. So I really think that's something that everybody needs to think about. Jeanette has her hand raised. Go ahead. So um, also at Washington, <coughs> Washington, <coughs> excuse me, Washington had 19 people go to the national convention this year. Two of us were J.P. Morgan Chase 2022 scholarship winners. But I tell you that that plane was full of Washington people. And and what what we do since I'm chairing the well the last couple of years I've chaired the first timer committee Washington will select one person to go to the national convention and that person will will part of the requirements would be what are you doing in your community and in your chapter and then how do you intend to what what do you intend to bring back to your chapter or to the on the state level. And then for like for the national, for the state convention, we had just finished that. We have six members going to our state convention. They had a choice of doing virtual or hybrid and all six of them want to do in person. And it's either hybrid or, or in person. All six of them want to do in person. We kind of encourage in person be, because it's, it's, you get more out of it if you go there in person. And that, that's just what, what, um, Washington does, but then when, even for the national and the state level, they have to come back and write an article for the newsline, just telling them about their experience on and how on what they did, how they enjoyed it, and just tell, telling everybody about their their experience. Great, so, yeah. Thank you. Do we have any other hands? No, ma'am, not currently. Okay. 
so many of you have shared such good tips. It's hard to think of other ways. <laughs> but I know uh, um, sharing the information is so key because it inspires yeah. other people. Donna Browning <laughs> has her hand raised. Go ahead, Donna. So when I went to my first convention, um, yeah, I found it quite an, uh, overwhelming at first. And I did schedule myself for way too much. I learned that lesson quickly. Um, <laughs> but what I also learned when I went was it helped me to, I experienced different things. And it kind of helped me to start thinking about things that I might want to do within my chapter or affiliate. It helped me to start focusing uh, when I experienced different um when I went to different talks, you know, about different things or just sat and listened to the process of the general session. It, it really got me excited in what I could do um, for my chapter or my affiliate or further. Uh, and that's what started ball rolling for me to move forward and continue doing more and more and, and get up to the point where I am now. That might encourage people also uh, if you speak to them and let them know there is something pretty much there at convention for everybody. There is fun. There's stuff you can learn about so many different things. You're not going to be bored and you'll meet new people. It's awesome. But that, that might be something to encourage people to if they're trying to figure out where their place is in your affiliate or your chapter tell them that they might want to go to the convention. It might help them figure out their space, where they belong, what they're interested in. No, I totally agree with you. And the exhibit hall too. I mean, there's always tons of exhibit hall activity and there's so many things you learn there too. Because sometimes I think, oh, I've, I've heard that person before. I've heard that but they, each year, each of the companies comes out with new products, new services. And plus, if you have a problem with a device, you can go ask them in person, which is cool. So I, I think that's really wonderful, too, is the fact that you can actually put your hands on a product and feel what it looks like. Because to hear about it on a community call or hear about it virtually is not the same as actually putting your hands on it. 974, last phone number with 974, last three digits, has her hand raised, his hand raised. Go ahead. Good evening, this is Teresa, and my first convention was 2009 in Orlando, and, you know, I felt a little overwhelmed when I first got there, but, you know, I went to the general sessions, I was chosen as an alternate delegate, so, um, I needed to go to all the general sessions and anything else that the that the uh, main delegate who at that that year was the, our affiliate president would ask me to go to and I did that for him. Um, but I didn't go on any tours that year, but I did, you know, just uh, I would I did go in the exhibit hall, and that was the first time I got to put my hands on a braille display. At that time, Humanware had what was called an empowerment, and I had my sister-in-law uh, standing beside me, and she was looking, um, you know, with me, and I was showing her because see, she was um, born and raised in the Philippines, and I didn't know how much of this technology she's ever seen, and she's, you know, she's fully sighted. And then my brother, you know, he took in what was going on around him and everything, and he just. Um, you know, he noticed a lot of uh, people who used dogs, you know, had guide dogs. And um, he thought the technology was interesting. In fact, he uh, sent an email to one of my sisters saying, you know, he saw some interesting technology for the blind. So I was glad he got to uh, look at it. And as a side note, the other day, his daughter, one of his daughters, who's a teenager now, she wanted me to, wanted him to call me. She wanted to know um, how does my cane work, and I had to kind of explain that it's not magic. You know, I have to use it, but um, I thought it was nice that she would ask me about that, and she's only 14. 
Well, great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, so it's not only blind people, it's sighted people you can tell things to. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, but um, it was, um, yeah, and I, I just, I felt touched that she would want to know something ab- about that. And um, so he called me and I told her. Great. Super. And, um, Meryl has and, her you know, she was only uh, She was only a year old when, when he um, brought, you know, his family over to see me in Orlando that year. So she would definitely wasn't young enough to, you know, old enough to remember. She was way too young. Well, great, uh, Cheryl. Go ahead. Meryl. Meryl has oh, her hand again. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Marianne. Hi, Ernest. Everyone. Yes. Um, 1980 was my first convention, and that was in Louisville, Kentucky, at the Galt House, and I got to speak to. I got to meet so many of the great leaders, including. Um, Derwood K. McDaniel, who loved his bourbon, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And um, that was an exhilarating experience because at that time I was just learning and observing. And then I guess this year also having been a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow for 2020 and being recognized this year, um, I felt like I've come full circle. I've been mentoring and helping people in my chapter. I've been doing a lot for the state and on the national level. Um, I'm, of course, the vice president of ACB of Maryland. But to me, my ideas are being validated and respected. And I let people know that. And also, I encourage people from the two chapters of of Maryland that I belong to to attend the convention and to really let them know the value. And this year, I got to network with three uh, state affiliate presidents who are on this call right now, and it was just amazing. And so I just appreciate the leadership of ACB and the ability to let us grow and to help others, And, and I thank you. Okay, thanks, Meryl. You're welcome. Do we have any other raised hands? You do not. Okay. Great. We've had so many great ideas tonight. It's amazing. I haven't found the raised hand thing yet, but I will be glad to <laughs> Well, go ahead and talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. This is Tom Jones for those who may or may not know. Um, I think it's important to share, uh, to have various kinds of uh, meetings with the various people that you think might be uh, good people to get into your uh, group, whether it be state, special interest, or whatever, to actually get people to agree to come on board, not only for the sake of becoming a member uh, because they get something, but don't apologize for it. Be uh, uh, aware of the fact that you can ask these people. Let these people know their input is valuable. And I think this is this is important uh, that we value their input because we think they have some pretty good ideas. That's a very good point because some people need to be invited to be able. I mean, to even ask for. Um, the ability to attend. Some people are really shy and don't feel that they're qualified to uh, go to national. Or, and sometimes you need to ask them and say, hey, we think it would be valuable for you to attend. Is there a way that I can help you to find a way to go or whatever? Or if you know a leader in your affiliate, um, ask them if they'd like to uh, write a letter to ask to be a first-time attendee or a, a Chase Fellowship person. So that's the very good point to go after people to get them to become involved, whether they come to a national convention or just involved in your affiliate. You know, our, our president of ACBDA, uh, uh, Tom Tobin, has always been one who says that membership in, in and of itself it's not just a, a, a seasonal thing. It, it should be uh, every every month of the year so that you get various people involved at different times that uh, 
you know, this makes it helpful, not only for the affiliate, but for the people themselves. Definitely. Phone number ending in 248 has their hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I went to the convention virtually, and I was just as busy as I would have been if I had gone in person. I mean, there is always something to listen to or something to um, grab your attention. If it's if it isn't in a general session, it's in the the tours or there's the um, Exhibit, ex exhibits, um, demos, and things that they have on the, on that exhibit station. Uh, there's just all kinds of things, and there's, you know, if you if you cannot afford to go, or if you for some reason can't get off, or just whatever, um, there's nothing to be ashamed about um, doing it virtually, and there's nothing to be shy about it's just the way it is and uh, i'm wondering if they're going to extend the survey because i have not had a, a call I've, well i've had one call but i didn't get to it in time and the and the girl said she'd call me back later and she hasn't um but i know others that that have not even been called yet to do the survey so i'm wondering if they're going to extend it I'm not sure, but I would go ahead and call the number again, and um, I'm sure they'll get to you at some point. Uh, if they maybe they've gotten a lot of calls, so it's I know. Uh, I think today was supposed to be the last day, but I'm sure if they haven't gotten back to you, they will. But thanks for your points; they're, they're great. I think it is, you know, really important to. Just attend if you can't go in person, go virtually. My biggest issue with going virtually is when I get on Zoom calls, unless I'm part of the panel or something and have to pay attention, it's so easy to get pulled away by phone calls and <laughs> people stopping yeah, by or other that. attentions. So whereas you're there in person, then you can't you don't have that problem. <laughs> Sheila has her hand yep. raised. Go for it, Sheila. You know, Sandy makes a great point. I, I think we are so fortunate in today's world because we all remember <laughs> the days we didn't have that option. And we are so fortunate that all of our members can take part. And if she says she's busier or as busy in person and on virtual. I'm not sure how she can, because <laughs> when I was going from room to room for meetings, I would rather sit at my computer and be able to go from meeting to meeting. But I will tell you, I'm so happy and feel so lucky that ACB is making it possible for us to communicate with everyone. So I just want to say kudos to ACB for doing that. So. If I may, uh, this time Dale's again. Am I being heard? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, sorry about that. I, I, I didn't know if I was on or off. Um, yeah, you're fine. I think the, the very fact that we can share the information about the convention by actually sharing, uh, if you know what a person might be interested in, you can say, we have an affiliate for that, you know, uh, and, and uh, give some credit to the special interest affiliate of your choice and and point out a podcast that they can listen to to see what happens at a convention. Some of the convention sessions uh, that are already up there as podcasts can be a very um, inspiring thing and get people to actually uh, want to make the plans to save the money to set the time aside and have a vacation. Good point. 
<laughs> that's what we do. We count it as a vacation. And some people say, well, it's a convention, so it's not really vacation. Well, I don't know. We use it as a, conven- uh, a vacation, and we that's why we do some tours, because then we're getting some fun time in there, too. <laughs> And for the virtual people, there's some virtual tours too. So the virtual exactly. people aren't left out. You know, they, they have virtual tours. There's there's um, recordings of uh, some of the exhibitors. So, I mean, there's all aspects for the people that are doing virtual too. So that's a good thing nowadays. And I have to say, visiting with artists and Kevin is a joy. and thank you Sheila especially when you're on the same hallway with them in the hotel (laughs) love you artist (laughs) (laughs) yes your name was mentioned Yes, no, it's that's what's so nice. You can, you know, meet people, have lunch with them, or meet them in a session or whatever, and give them a hard time if you're sitting behind them. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin. <laughs> Do we have anyone else that would like to speak? Okay, well, our next uh, membership focus calls are going to be on special interests affiliates and how important it is to encourage your state to have special interest affiliates to participate in your state conventions, in your um, chapters, etc. Because it's another way to extend membership. There might be some members in your state who aren't necessarily. Um, thinking about joining your affiliate, but if they know more about a special interest affiliate, then they might wish to get involved. So the last um, a week in October, we're going to start on the fourth Sunday, and that'll be a general overview about special interest affiliates and the importance of having your state and special interest affiliates work together. And then um, Monday through Thursday, we're going to split up the special interest affiliates and have um, key people from their affiliate to talk about the affiliate, what the affiliate is doing in their membership, what kind of programs they have, uh, how much their dues are, how people can become a member, and how they can become involved, whether they have newsletters, etc. So I look forward to doing those in October. and. Please put those dates on your calendar and share, share the announcements with your membership. And we appreciate that. But I thank you all for attending. We've gotten lots of great ideas and lots of things to share. So thank you all. <laughs>